Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Beth Bond coming to you live from Decatur, Georgia, and we are on Speaking of Green, uh, a broadcast of Southeast Green, and we are talking to one of our favorite contributors this year, uh, Dr. Stephen Smith, who has 30 years of experience in affecting change for the environment. I'm not going to read his whole bio because we had him on in August, and you can read the show notes because we got to talk important stuff. This is really urgent stuff for Florida. So if you've got friends and family in Florida, please make sure that you share this uh, episode with uh, about um, Amendment 1. So welcome, Stephen. Thank you, Beth. This is, thank you so much for having me back on. Yeah. Uh, well, you know I'm really hot on this topic. So let's let's just cut to the chase. Florida voters have a very important amendment initiative um, coming up on November 8th when they go to, for the general election. Tell us about Amendment 1. Well, Amendment 1 is one of the biggest scams ever perpetuated by the utility industry on solar energy in the country. It really is a scam. And in Florida, where the market is just beginning to take off, they're using a wolf in sheep's clothing. We call it a monopoly wolf in sheep's clothing ballot initiative to basically fool voters to vote yes for one, thinking that they're actually helping expand the solar market, when in actuality they've put a poison pill in there that they're going to use against customer-owned solar in the Sunshine State. So it's a very deceptive measure. It sounds very benign. It's backed by the biggest utility companies in the state of Florida, Florida Power & Light, Duke Energy, Gulf Power, Tampa Electric. They have literally spent $22 million dollars to basically run a campaign of deception against the Florida voters. And what they're trying to do is they're afraid that solar is going to take off in the Sunshine State. Customers are going to put more of it on their homes, and they're going to buy less power from the utility companies because they'll be generating their own power and lowering their utility bills. The utilities obviously make money by selling more power and wanting to build more power plants. So that's just cutting to the chase. That's what this whole thing is about. So we're asking people to vote no on one. You can go to our website, votenoonone.org, and you can join into the campaign. But most importantly, against $22 million, we need every one of your listeners who has friends and families in Florida to make sure they let people know to vote no on one. So the the amendment is very sort of tricky, right, because it throws in a bunch of stuff that that everyone agrees with. Oh, yeah, we want more solar, blah, 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 blah. But tell us about the wolf underneath that sheep's clothing. Tell us what what – yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So here's here's the component. So what they do is they lead off with what I call eye candy, some things that really sound really benign and what everybody wants. They say – By voting yes on this, it will give you the right to own and lease solar equipment in the state of Florida, and we will put it in the state constitution. Well, Floridians already have the right to own and lease solar, but people who aren't in the know may think they don't. So they'll say, oh, that sounds really good. And so that's that's one part of the coating on the poison pill. The other part of the coating is they're basically stirring up a lot of 
uh, scare tactics to talk about how they're about consumer protection and that they're going to protect customers in Florida against voter, um, solar scams. And they've pointed to some cases in Arizona, and they're trying to act as if there's some sort of um, scams that go on when people put solar on their house. And so they say they're, they're protecting seniors, and they have pictures of umbrellas and everything up in their cartoon ads and everything where they're saying this is about consumer protection. The reality is there is no more consumer protection in this amendment. You will have no more consumer protection on November 7th than you will on November 9th, whether this thing passes or fails. There's no new consumer protection, but it sounds good. The poison pill is where they go after this provision where they say they want to prevent non-solar customers from subsidizing solar customers for backup power. Now, as we all know, this is a technique that's being used across the country by the big monopoly utilities to try to go after net metering. And what they're trying to say is that by having solar on your roof and by selling some of that power back to the electric utilities, they are saying that you're not paying your fair share because your bill has gone down, but you're still connected to the grid. The reality is we've seen numerous studies around the country. The Brookings Institute did a comprehensive review of this, that net metering is a net benefit for the electric power system. And so for the utilities to represent it otherwise and to try to say you're not paying your fair share, which then would lead to them being able to put punitive charges, either standby charges, demand charges, grid access charges, whatever they want to call it. They're going to be punitive, discriminatory charges against people who have solar to try to keep the economics from working. And as the price of solar comes down, more and more people understand the economics work in their advantage. The utilities want to slap additional fees on to keep those economics from penciling out, and that's the poison pill. Well, and that is what they do so well, right? Um, So I want to explain. So we've got... Progress in Florida, which is owned by Duke. We've got Florida uh, Power and Light that's owned by Next Era. We've got Gulf Power that is owned by Southern Company. And all of these um, have done renewables in other states. You know, Southern Company, Georgia has been very successful. Duke has done a lot. But I will say that um, Duke is stepping back in North Carolina. But, you know, North Carolina I think third third install for the entire country now. So, um, because of the work that they have cooperatively done. So, why 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 are these big utilities hiding behind their sort of subsidiaries? I mean, Nextair is one of the biggest wind, um, you know, deployers in the Midwest. So why are why are these why are these utilities being so duplicitous in Florida? Why not you support it in Georgia? Why don't you support it in Florida? Well, here's the thing. All you got to do is follow the money because basically what's happening in Florida is the, the big investor-owned utilities, the monopolies, have a public service commission in Florida that is largely a rubber stamp. And so they're able to get more gas plants through. They're able to get citizens, customers to have to pay for nuclear power plants that they're never building. And they're paying for pipelines being built to bring gas into the state. And, and the Public Service Commission even allowed FP&L to be, try to get the customers in Florida to pay for them to frack natural gas in Oklahoma. And it was only when the Florida Supreme Court intervened that that was pulled back. 
but the Public Service Commission in Florida is a rubber stamp. And so the utilities like Florida Power and Light, they're regulated subsidiary. Yes, they're, they're a subsidiary of, of Nextera, which is the biggest renewable developer in other parts of the country. But in Florida, they've got a captive rate base of 4.8 million customers. And that made them $1.6 billion, billion with a B, dollars for the shareholders of Nextera. And so they want to do everything they can to protect that golden goose that's laying that golden egg and holding these captive customers hostage and only selling them dirty energy, either natural gas, fracked, or nuclear power or whatever, and do just eyewash little things on solar. And the same is happening with Duke. The same is happening with Gulf. And so what this is all about is the utilities trying to prevent the customer-owned solar market from taking off in Florida. And Florida has the best potential anywhere east of the Mississippi for rooftop solar. The National Renewable Energy Lab said it would be third in the nation if its market potential was realized. And so the utilities know that this is a, a threat to their business model, whereas in Georgia and in North Carolina, what they've been doing is they have been doing a lot of the more larger-scale projects, 5 megawatts and above primarily, although they're doing different sizes. And that has been brought by good policy, either in North Carolina, where this legislature passed a renewable portfolio standard, uh, and that is being implemented, or in Georgia, where you actually have a public service commission that has required, through their integrated resource planning process, for them to make investments in solar. The utilities have gotten into that game and both sides there, and they are actually doing the larger project. Neither North Carolina nor Georgia nor Florida, for sure, really want to see the rooftop market take off. And so they're, they're all trying to figure out ways to keep their thumb on the rooftop market. Well, and, and because there's been so dis, much uh, disinformation um, put out there, it's, it, is, it is a sort of a steep climb to educate people. You know, I, I went to my uncle's birthday party and spent time telling everyone about how they should be voting against amendment, which is probably not birthday tar- party talk. But um, it's, you know, uh, it's, it, it, it's so frustrating, right, to know that the, the, is it, is the, I think it's the third most populous state in the country, right? And it now is. You've Florida is now the third largest state, yes. And zero, basically, I mean, I would say zero solar, but, I mean, almost zero solar because, I mean, they, re, they repealed, the PSC repealed solar rebates about 18 months ago or two years ago, right? That's right. Along That's right. The and they've been efficiency. very hostile. That's right. Yeah. And and the other the other thing to realize is that Florida, while the utilities talk a good game about doing solar, we did an analysis at the Southern Alliance for Clean Energy and it's up on our website at cleanenergy.org on the on the blog posting where we, we did the best way to compare utilities depending on their size is to do something where you look at the amount of solar watts Per customer. So if you have 4.8 million customers like FPNL does, FPNL brags about, oh, we've done, you know, 100 megawatts of solar, and we're talking about bringing another 200 megawatts on. But when you divide that out over all their customers, it's one of the lowest levels of solar penetration in the United States. And this is, I'm talking about the biggest utility in the Sunshine State has one of the lowest solar watts per customer, the amount of solar penetration of any utility in the United States. And this is the kind of deception because they use these eyewash projects to brag and put on their website and talk about. But what is really driving the energy in Florida 
we're close to 70% dependent on natural gas in Florida. And this is a state that is literally going underwater because of climate change and other things. And because of that, the fact that we're so addicted to fossil fuels and they want to build more and they're limiting solar and other renewables, they're limiting energy efficiency, this is why the system is broken. And it's because the Public Service Commission and the legislature have become captive agents of the big monies that the utilities bring into Tallahassee. Okay, so um, I, I want to also call out Seminole Electric. I don't think you were down here in Atlanta for the DOE Quadrennium hearings, but um, I, I Seminole, didn't make the Seminole, that one, yeah. yeah, so the Seminole Co-op Electric. I was so mad. Clearly, she didn't read my tweets, or she would have like banned me. Um, <laughs> Because she got on there and she was taught, they, they basically are the co-ops that cover Central Florida, which is, you know, the rural, more ag- agrarian, least populated part of the right. state, although that's changing, of course. I mean, you know, one of the reasons Florida is going to sink is because it's going to be one person per every square inch in the state. But um, <laughs> they were talking about it, and they, too, they were they were talking about how the clean power plan was bad and how they needed the coal plant they had just built. But they also are doing the same thing. They and, and it's actually one of our favorite installers here in Georgia, who shall remain nameless, but they've just done this sort of demo solar uh, thing down in Florida, and I think that's what really confuses people because they do these little demo things or they you know they do one field, and people are like, oh, there's solar happening in Florida. But it's it really isn't. I mean, there's just it's just not happening no. at no. any kind of scale. And, right. and people Florida, need to understand Florida that. Ranks- yeah, Florida ranks, I think, depending on what metric, but they're like 18th in the country in solar deployment. And this is clearly the best solar resource east of the Mississippi. It's got a phenomenal market potential because, again, it's the third largest state, and it's got an air conditioning load where many parts of the state um, actually solar works very well with uh, their peak uh, demand. And so there's a lot of reasons why we ought to see solar really taking off in Florida, and there's only one reason why it's not, and that's the greed of the large monopoly utilities. And they're the ones that are putting $22 million into Amendment 1 in Florida, and that's why votenoonone.org, that's why we're asking people to vote no on one and tell their friends and family because that's the only way that you'll keep people from making a mistake. When they get this stuff in the mail or they go into the ballot and they read it, it sounds vanilla yellow. It sounds pro-solar, but this most deceptive monopoly wolf in sheep's clothing that we've ever heard, seen, and this is just really something that needs to go down in flames, and we'd love to see $22 million of egg on the face of the big utilities. I can tell you this, Beth. We have watched remarkably as citizens have become aware about this. We're sensing the momentum starting to shift in our favor because we're seeing more and more. We have had literally as of last night when the Miami Herald came out and editorialized against this, we've had 17, no less than 17 major media outlets in the state of Florida editorialize against Amendment 1 and not a single editorial in favor of Amendment 1. And we're really beginning to see people get – our message is getting through, and we're starting to see people talking about it. But still, they have put out four mailings. They're wallpapering people's mailboxes in Florida with these flyers. They're doing robocalls with Pat Boone, believe it or not, calling oh. in 
They're, they're doing all kinds of clever things on the Internet to try to fool people to think that this is a good thing for solar, and it's, again, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Okay, well, I'm going to tweet Pat Boone and give him a shame on him. So, <laughs> But I want to just say it's not just the papers who are editorializing about it. Um, y'all took this issue about the language to the Supreme Court, and it was it was one of the Supreme Court justices who came at what I think what she said was the worst thing for Florida consumers. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so in Florida, you normally something like this should not have gotten through. The Supreme Court is supposed to review language to actually identify when the people that are proposing a ballot are hiding the ball or trying to deceive voters. They're really supposed to take that very serious. The utilities hired some Florida Supreme Court, uh, former Florida Supreme Court members to argue their case, and they were able to get a very controversial four to three decision through in March of this year. But the, the, the three justices that dissented, there was a woman by the name of Barbara Pariente who basically just wrote a blistering dissent. She was the one that picked up on our wording about this is a wolf in sheep clothing. She said, voters beware. She says this is a, a, a um, anti-solar amendment masquerading as a pro-solar amendment and that this is basically a fraud on com- consumers. And so she was very straight and very direct about this, and they were very upset that uh, this thing got through, and it shouldn't have. It should have gone down uh, in the Supreme Court. So and then beyond the papers and the judge – Y'all, this is – I want you to talk about the coalition because this is not your normal, yay, pro-solar environmentalist business coalition. This is an amazing coalition. So tell us who's come on board with y'all. It, it truly is. When we launched Floridians for Solar Choice, and that's the banner we've been running under, we were able to work with a number of conservative uh, individuals and organizations, the Conservatives for Energy Freedom, the uh, Christian Coalition, the Republican Liberty Caucus, which is a lot of the libertarian uh, networks, the Tea Party Network in Florida. We had a a bunch of folks on the right, and and think about it. They were very angry about monopolies, holding back competition, trying to limit free enterprise, trying to limit what people could do. Then, Then we had a number of people in the business community, the Florida Retail Federation, Restaurant and Lodging Association, and all the solar companies in the state of Florida under the Florida Solar Energy Industry Association, FLASIA, are on board. And then we have the League of Women Voters has been a phenomenal partner, and they've been very uh, strong, and they're very pro-solar. Matter of fact, they even have a thing called FL Sun going on in Florida where they're actually promoting solar co-ops so people can aggregate their demand together to buy down the cost, and they're trying to promote that. And then we have a great coalition of environmental groups, the Sierra Club, Earth Justice, Florida Wildlife Federation, Progress Florida, across the spectrum. So this is a very diverse coalition. We have over 150 um, organizations and individuals and companies that have endorsed against Amendment 1. And so this is, this is the real deal. This is not a paper tiger. This is how you do organizing where you have real diverse players coming together on a common interest point and sharing the responsibilities to really try to go after this. Now, again, we've got a huge foe. 
the utilities virtually print money because everybody's house is connected to them and everybody's sending them a check every month, and they're using that money against consumers in this ballot effort. And so we've got a huge foe. It's a David and Goliath battle, but we've really arrayed a great number of great organizations to partner with us on this. Okay. We're going to run out of time as usual. So I want to um, – I think we've given people a really good – idea about why they should we've given voters a really good idea about why they should oppose this but you know as as much as the press is starting to to really you know ramp up their coverage st leo's university in st augustine did uh, a poll and it showed 88 percent um people were in favor of amendment one and and you were explaining to me that that's not really what that poll says so can you explain what happened with the poll Right. Well, here's the thing. We've been polling in Florida for a long time on, on solar, and solar is extraordinarily popular. And yes, many times it exceeds 80% when you poll on it, when you're talking about solar generally. And remember, the St. Leo's polls, I understand, was actually an online poll. But what, um, what we've seen is that in these polls, it really matters how you ask the question. And so we understand that the way the questions were asked with the St. Leo's poll was really more about asking people whether they wanted solar than asking people whether they really understood and supported Amendment 1. And so there's a difference there because – and again, Amendment 1 is very deceptive. What we did was we worked with a polling firm, and we saw that um, another company did a poll this summer, and they saw that this thing was just below 60% in late June. Now, they put out a lot of – uh, ads and everything since then, the Chamber of Commerce in Florida said it was at 66% plus or minus 4, which meant it could have been as low as 62 or as high as 70. But the reality is that this is polling lower than any other ballot initiative in the state of Florida. This summer, on the state primary, we ran Amendment 4 to do tax abatement for solar, and we got 73% of the voters to basically say yes on that. So what we've had to do is pivot and get the same group of voters to vote no on Amendment 1, and we're doing that on a shoestring budget. But I would say that it's going to be really close. We'll see. $22 million is a lot of money. I'm not naive about that. They've got $22 million. We've got 20 million people. We're mobilizing around this. This is why your listeners need to talk to their friends and family. Every vote counts. We only have to get to 40 plus 1 to defeat this thing. They've got to get to 60. So if we can get the word out and we can get people to not vote for this deception, not allow the utilities to stranglehold the solar market in the Sunshine State, we can win this thing, but we need everybody's help. Okay, so we're going to run out of time, and so I want to make sure. So I'm assuming that you all are doing some good old-fashioned organizing and some modern organizing on social media. So let's give them the website again if people want to know um, how they can help. How they can help is to go to vote no on one, and it's the numeral one, vote no on one dot org dot org. You can go there. We also have we're organizing next week early voting in person starts in Florida. So we're at organizing and asking people to work the polls. We're asking people to help us on the actual election day. We're doing a lot of stuff on social media. Have a very active Facebook page that you can link to. Um, through the uh, the website, and we really need everybody. And we're also 
obviously up against this money, we're trying to raise funds to do the kind of things that we can help educate people in the last two weeks of the election. So we're looking for people to help us that way too. But vote no on one, the numeral one, vote no on one.org. And, and, you know, go to our website, learn more about it, go to Facebook, you know, find out about it. Twitter, we're very, very active. The Southern Alliance for Clean Energy at cleanenergy.org. We're also obviously a big player in this campaign and we're looking for help. And then, you know, just again, friends and family, word of mouth. It takes one touch. Once people understand who's behind this thing, they'll walk away from it. Right. Okay. That's great. So, um, and the hashtag on Twitter, for those of y'all who are active on Twitter, is hashtag no on one with the number one. Um, That's right. So, yeah. So, Stephen, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We appreciate your enthusiasm and your leadership also because it takes great leaders to make this kind of David versus Goliath thing work, and um, you're you're a great head for our David, right? So um, thank (laughs) thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you. Well, And thank you for doing what you do uh, with your radio show and all the things you do to help raise awareness because – you know, knowledge is power, and we can win if we just help people understand what's going on. So what you do is very important. Thanks for the opportunity to be on your show. Thank you. All right, we'll wrap up, and um, good luck, and we'll be following closely. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there is one more thing that's going to happen. Um, this is being broadcast on October 18th. Uh, 2016, and on October 20th at 1 p.m. on Twitter, the uh, the founder of Solar Chat, who now heads up Women for Solar, is a Florida resident, and I know her through Solar Chat. And so we are going to Southeast Green and Women for Solar are going to co-host a Solar ch- uh, Tweet Chat. Um, to follow along and retweet, just use the hashtag Vote No on. Oh, sorry, that's wrong. To follow along, use the hashtag KnowOnOne, and um, it should be a pretty fast hour from 1 to 2 p.m. on Thursday, October 20th. And this is a great way to um, get more information. We've got a great set of panelists. And if you follow me on Twitter, you will see the invite, and you can actually um, RSVP. We'll be capturing the tweets and creating um, follow-up comments on it. So we hope that um, for those of you who are on, active on Twitter, they will that you will join us and help with the tweeting. And we appreciate uh, your consideration for doing that little grassroots thing. So that being said, thanks so much to Stephen once again. He was here in August, and we were successful. I say we. Florida was successful in uh, promoting solar by passing Amendment 4, and so now we just have to get the vote no on one out, and we'll be successful again. And more Floridians will will start thinking about solar. So so thanks so much. Um, Once again, if you are listening to this on a podcast, please give me a thumbs up or the the, the episode a thumbs up. That helps us get higher so more people can find us. Um, It's basically a voting system. So the, the more votes we get on the podcast, the more access people will have in searching us on the podcast. For those of you who listen to us on Blog Talk Radio and Southeast Green, we appreciate it. Please remember Southeast Green has a business directory that um, we would love to have uh, Southeastern businesses participate in and also that you can go and just search 
to your heart's content to find news about sustainability around the Southeast on Southeast Green 24-7. We are signing out with Jeff Hicks and the Heretics, Life's a Peach. We'll see you on the next episode of Speaking of Green.